Welcome to the conversation. Normally, I keep these chats anonymous because we cover some pretty sensitive, deep stuff that um, that's hard for, for guys to discuss. Now, in this particular episode, I'm chatting with my buddy Shane, uh, Liquid Shano uh, online, and I'm sharing his info because he puts out a lot of, one, a lot of content around what we're talking about here um, with men's mental health and all of the things that are, are tied to it. There, there's a lot of offshoots with mental health itself, with other men's health stuff that we, uh, that we get into. So I, I thought it was, it, it's, it's definitely good to, if you're not familiar with him, um, definitely someone that you want to be connected with. So uh, we, we go into a lot of different things in this episode. We tie everything back uh, to, uh, to the central theme. Um, but he's, he's got a podcast. He's um, on Instagram, on TikTok, and has a, a presence pretty much everywhere on social media. So I have linked up in the show notes here his TikTok, his Instagram, and his link tree. So you're going to be able to get connected with him, get be able to consume all of his content. And of course, as you're listening to this episode, we want to hear from you. We, we want to know your thoughts on what we're talking about, um, just men's mental health in general, men's health in general. So uh, definitely let us know as you're listening, after you listen, and without further ado, here's Shane. And... So Shane, the uh, the million dollar question to start us off is mental health for us guys. Where where do you ultimately think we need to get to with this? Just as kind of a general perception. Yeah, I I so I, I'm I'm I as you know, Daryl, I'm part of an organization called Movember, and I'm an 11 year member of Movember, and and the specifics that we focus on with Movember is around mental health testicular health and prostate health, right? So these are all health for men. Yeah. These are these are topics that are huge things for men that are out there that one, they don't go get checked out. They don't get their checkups. They don't do their things. They don't talk about it. They rub some dirt on it. It's fine. We're all set. And then the other part of it is, is the fact that the sad statistic is that four out of every five suicides that are out there in, in, in uh, across the board are men. And especially in the United States. And and what's interesting about that is um, it, it, I, when you asked me if I wanted to come on board to talk about some men's mental health or men's health in general, it's, it's, a, it's a wide range of topics, but it all stems from one thing. And that's overcoming a lot of those, those things that we have as men that have been trained since we've been little babies and little kids of how to be a man and how to be tough and how to be whatever versus actually digging in on some of the things that you have to go and fix and you have to be able to work through in the windings and emotions and emotions, no, no way. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's a lot of different versions of what it could be and there's no one a perfect answer for it, but the answer should be, hopefully we can get to a place where we can raise awareness and make men comfortable in the fact that they can talk about things that they're not, they're not, um, uh, they're afraid to talk about because they don't want to seem weak or they don't want to seem like they're less of a man as being the provider, the man, you know, I make the money and I make the food and blah, 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 and all this stuff like that. At the end of the day, we want to get to a place where um, a, a guy can feel comfortable talking to other guys, one, about it. Number two, they get the help that they need before it's too late. You know what I mean? They get the help, whether it's mental health, 
physical health or all those things, those ideally would be great places for men to be able to focus on and get to. And hopefully we can do things like this to take away the stigma and the image of what people see when or what they think of with guys that are, are trying to just get some help that they need, you know? Well, and where I want to start, and you mentioned Movember, and this is, I've been aware of them for a handful of years. This is my first year involved with the cause. And I want to start with the other two that you mentioned first, because the mental health, I again, we can go in so many different directions. Right. Mental health, I know that's going to splinter off into a number of things. But yeah, prostate, prostate health, testicular health, it all it falls under this whole thing of like, well, I don't want to go get that checked out. I don't want to admit weakness. I don't want somebody touching my balls. I, you know, like right. all kinds, there's all kinds of just that narrative of what it is to be tough and strong um, tied into it. But I mean, we have to do it. We have to take care of ourselves in, in, in all phases. Yeah, I, I was. So it's funny you say that because I think that I think that even even I, who is a huge advocate, uh, I'll tell you uh, when I go to see my uh, PCP or I go to see therapists and things like that. So there's two different avenues of this, right? One of them is the doctors that you have to go to to get checkups done and get all the things done, and those yeah. are the ones that probably make guys the most uncomfortable out of all of them to go into a doctor and be able to sit down and talk about the things that are going wrong or the way you feel or the way you're like, God, oh, you know, this isn't right or that's not right or I felt a lump here or I did this or whatever those kind of things at the end of the day what 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 happens is a lot of times is is that they're afraid to do it because they're embarrassed right they're embarrassed by the fact that here it is and I'm macho and I'm 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 made of steel and I'm good to go and I'm superman and all these things well what's funny is is I have my PCP that that I go to for my annual checkups and I go and I talk to her often on messaging in case something comes up and I'm like hey you know what's up with this or whatever and what she tells me all the time is I never have to worry about you not filling me in on things. And that's refreshing from a man's perspective because I have multiple men that I'm a doctor of and they come in and they cross their arms and they're just like, yep, everything's fine. And they're like, okay, well, let me check your blood pressure. Well, your blood pressure is a little high. Why do you think that is? I don't know. It's it's good to go though, man. I'm fine. I feel good, right? And they're literally only doing it if they even do it at all to go to the doctors to get checked out. But they're only doing it to check off the box because maybe the wife said go do it or the daughter said to go do it or whatever. And they're just like, oh, I guess I'll go check that box off. Mm -hmm. But if you're not open and you're not honest with all these people that are there to help you and be able to do the things that you have to do to catch things early, to be preventive and those kind of things, they're not going to ever know. They can't just figure it out. They're not going to be able to walk up to you and go, hey, you look like you have testicular cancer. So you know what? I think we should put you in for some tests. No, they're not going to know unless you tell them this is what I'm This is what I'm feeling. This is where I'm at with it. This is what I noticed, those kind of things. And if, until we get comfortable with that, that's where a lot of our, 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 our barriers are. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they don't know. They're not magicians, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, and, and this gets so and this gets back in, into the whole thing of you're tough. You don't express how you feel. And you even said like the rub some dirt on it. Like that's, that's right. what I'll remember from growing up. And, but I mean, this is, this is not, this is in every area of your life. You have to be able to communicate. You have to be able to advocate for yourself. And you're right. It's not sitting across from them with your arms folded. Like I'm fine. I'm fine. It's all good. Right. It's all good because it's all good until it's not. And right. You know, we all a part of, of growing up and thinking you're strong and thinking you're tough is you think you're invincible until you yes. realize that you're not. So, yeah, I, I think bringing I mean, bringing the awareness to this 
as early on as possible. And I that that's one thing where I have I have hope for the younger generation. I was really surprised when I started. Uh, I mean, you you know that I've been podcasting for a few years. And when I started oh, yeah. talking to guys about this, it was so fascinating that we all kind of had the same thing where if you're in that 30 to 60 age range, we all bought into that stereotype to some extent. Right. And we're finding out as we get older that like you're saying, you've got to be able to, to communicate to the medical professionals that you work with. And me the mental health side of it is a whole nother thing. You mentioned the statistics around suicide and just how much of, of all suicides here in the States, especially are men. And when you think about it, just from a logical perspective, you bottle this stuff up, you bottle this stuff up. You don't even acknowledge that you have it because acknowledging that you have any kind of emotion is weakness. And then all of a sudden it starts seeping out of you in other ways. Right. And, you know, if you're fortunate enough, it comes early enough. And if you're in the time period we're in now where mental health and therapy is an option, but it's getting, I, I love that mental health, there's so much awareness around it, but therapy's tough because one, there's a shortage in therapy on therapists right now. There's waiting. Yes. And it's not, it's very cost prohibitive for a lot of folks. And then to top it off, if you get in with a therapist, then there's the most important part, which is having that relationship, but that relationship is trust. And if you're somebody that's never learned how to communicate, that's a really hard thing to, to be able to do. Correct. Yeah. So there's you, you're unpacking a lot here, right? Yeah. So the part that you're unpacking a lot of is, is this, if you are going or you think of going into therapy, I, I just said I did a podcast this last or a video cast on Sunday. It was with a buddy of mine and he's an ex-military guy. And this guy has really suffered a lot of PTSD, a lot of things that he did, well, not only for the military, but when he got out, he wasn't given the tools and resources to ever be successful, including right. some of the eyesight that he lost while he was in the military and the VA really won't help him out. So the military aspect of it is, is, is very, I'm very passionate about. So that's one of the parts of what I'm really trying to drive towards is, is to outfit our military veterans and the folks that have issues when they leave the military, whether it's mental health issues or physical issues for us to give them the tools and resources. But besides that, to your point, what I found even finding therapists for my son or finding therapists for me and those kind of things is you can, there's a possibility you could find a therapist and it could be exciting that you go, okay, good. Now I'm going to be able to sit down with somebody to really kind of talk about it. And the second that you sit down on that couch or you know, the proverbial couch of a, of, a, of a therapist or whatever, the second that you sit down, you understand immediately that there's no connection. You understand immediately that they're judging you. They understand immediately they're looking you up and down sometimes. So I will tell you that not all therapists are the greatest things in the whole entire world, but what you have to do is you have to go and find the one that's going to match your personality and where you're at and how they're going to. One, the biggest thing is, is if they are listening to you, right? And there's no, there's no prejudging. There's no anything because a lot of us have a lot of really crazy stuff that goes on upstairs. A lot of stuff that we don't like to talk about because it will, it, it'll fall on ears of people going, wow, you really think that way? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Those kind of things. So your therapist is somebody you want to be able to sit down with them and they can listen to you and you trust them. You you made a great point about the fact that if there's a, if there's a level of trust between you and your therapist, that's a really good start. Now, if you go into your therapist and you don't have that level of therapist, then you need to move on. Like, mm -hmm. like, don't be afraid to be able to pull the trigger and be able to say, okay, I got to move on to somebody else. Cause this one's not working for me. This one's not listening to me. They're not, 
taken me into consideration. So there's a lot of different things, a lot of different caveats within that whole therapy side of it. But kudos to anybody that wants to go and actually pulls the, you know, the trigger to go into that place to go actually try therapy because men won't even walk through the door a lot of times. You know what I mean? And and well, and that's the thing because okay, if we're you and I are having this conversation here, very honest, very open about it, and just the fact that you are thinking about your mental health is a major step forward. Agreed. And you know the one thing, and part of the reason that I really wanted to start having open conversations, just specifically about mental health and getting into therapy, is I love all the attention that mental health is getting, but I feel like in a social media world things become buzzwords and therapy has absolutely kind of become a, a, a buzzword. Whereas when you're talking about a guy that has, has, is, is taken that step, just like you said, they're meeting with a therapist. They've, they've, they're, they're doing this. And then the real work begins because it's, it, it isn't like it's presented on social media. Well, I'm in therapy. Okay. Cause right. like you said, you could be in therapy. You could be getting judged up and down. You also might have a therapist that's just, you know, just really listening, but not really saying much. Right. And, you know, I fortunately, you know, in, in my experience, when I started therapy about a year and a half ago, I was on an online platform is where I started. Mm-hmm. And the first therapist that they matched me with, she, I had my questionnaire, I filled that out. She started the conversation with an assumption about me before I even got to tell her anything. Mm-hmm. I knew right Dang. then and there. So after that session, we were done. Now, fortunately, when I switched therapist on platform, it wound up being that this was somebody that actually worked local and has an office not too far from where I live. So, oh, that's still, awesome. Yeah. So, and and what was cool with her is it was very much what you're saying. There, there was no judgment on anything. And what I found really interesting is because I mean, she, and she's always taking notes on things. Um, but I will. There was one instance I can think of where we were talking about something and the way that she came back to it three or four sessions later and called me on it, but called me out on it on a way that I was disarmed. And I kind of had to look at it and be like, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's just getting involved with a, with a skilled therapist that you have a rapport with is worth its weight in gold. But you mentioned this too, like therapists are people. And yes. not all people are gonna are gonna mesh mesh with you, and that's that's a huge part of it. It's 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 just like a marriage, man. It's just like a marriage. When you're in a marriage with somebody, it's totally maybe different than you. Maybe they have different views than you, yeah. but you work at it. You have to work at it sometimes. So here's the thing, right? We don't have time for that with therapy. To be honest with you, you've got to be able to, if you're gonna do it. And you're going to be able to move things forward. I'm paying you for services. If I know that I'm paying you for services and I don't have an immediate connection or even a little bit of a couple sessions where I'm like, okay, let me see if they just need to warm up or maybe they have to be whatever, or they find me to be too abrasive or aggressive or a little too dark at times and things like that. You know, at the end of the day, you have to find somebody that's going to be able to be the sounding board because when, when, when I use the term, listen, I love what you just said a second ago, because when I use the term, listen, listen, isn't just sitting there with your ears and going, hmm, right. Or writing down and kind of giving the nod. Listening is acknowledging what I say. So if I make a comment of I wanted, to, I had to go to the store last night to buy a, a thing of milk, and they go, right, that's not really necessarily listening. Listening right. is when they go, all right. So tell me, you said you went to go get the milk. Obviously, brought it up with me for a reason. Tell me more about that. Like what? How was that? You know, those kind of things. They dive into the specifics of what you're telling them, 
because it's it, there you are. You put yourself out there. There might be a reason why I said I'm going to get that milk. And this person wants to find out why. Why Why did you bring that up to me? What was the reason that you brought that up? So that intuitive, that inquisitive, those kind of things matter. And, and the other part of it, my son and I were talking about the other day about therapy where the therapist, if they if they just ask the question of, how's it going? Well, it's 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 going, right? It's going. Well, uh, all right. Well, so tell me about uh, how you're feeling, right? That, those kind of questions, a lot of times with certain people, especially men, they don't just come out and talk about that. So the questions need to be more engaging and you need to be open with your therapist to let them know what you need. So if you look at them and you say, I want you to ask me specifics, right? Lead me on so that way I can fill in the blanks a little bit. Maybe I'm not comfortable yet telling you all the nitty gritty. So maybe a question might be able to help me a better question than just how are you feeling, but rather how did this week go or, or tell me about some interactions you had with some people or, or those kind of things are more important than just the regular surface level stuff. So it's really, it's, it's kind of like a dance, right? A dance of where you're at. But I will tell you, if you're if you're taking the first step to go in there to do it, that matters more than anything else in the world. Now you just got to work on the nuance and work on the the like you said, it's where the real work happens. Is when you can start to go, okay, what can I walk away with? What can I work on this week or next week or however you know often you're going? But kudos and congratulations for actually going because not a lot of them are actually doing that. So that's something we got to change. Well, and you mentioned I want to go back to this because you said getting military and ex-military the resources they need and that's something that that's a group that you're really you're really invested in helping is there anything else going a little bit deeper on that because you're of the of the of the guys i've talked to so far on these chats you you have more background in that more experience than than anyone is there anything else that you want to really touch on for that particular segment of the population yeah you know it, it's interesting because we um uh, you know, I grew up in a military family. I got my dad who was military, my grandfather was military, and my great grandfather was military, my uncle, my aunt, all, all these different people in my family. And I was too. So I'm a veteran as well. So the thing about it is, is that the way, the reason I'm so passionate about it is because I know how I felt. I, I spent 10 years in the Navy and I was, you know, on board ships. I, I visited 40 different countries, did like three med cruises, was in Somalia, Bosnia, all these different stuff. I, I was on board with a lot of Marines and that was kind of like, we had about 2000 Marines and about maybe a hundred or two of the, of the Navy guys that just ran the ship and carried these guys to conflicts and wherever they had to go. So I saw a lot of different people in a lot of different situations. Right. But what I also saw was while I was in, we became uh, uh, close with a lot of the Marines that really went through a lot of stuff and saw a lot of things that normal people shouldn't see. Right. 18, 19 year old kids, that are out there in conflict type situations after Somalia that are walking the streets with guns and trying to be able to do the things that they have to do or seeing atrocities and, and those kind of things and go, wow, you know, this is the, the space that I'm playing in. These are teenagers now, right? But they're, but they're considered adults because they're in the military. Yeah. So for me, I saw a lot of that. We, we would have a connection and a camaraderie and those kind of things. And, and the people that I built bonds with were just so close and tight, but I noticed my friendships with those folks they used me as their resource to be able to say, I just want to have somebody to talk to about it because otherwise I'm going to squelch it and shut it down and I'm a soldier and I'm going to keep on walking on and do the things that I have to do. So what I had to do was I had to decide to myself, okay, when I when I, when I I personally chose to get out of the military, I knew that um, I, I still wanted to continue to stay involved with the VA, with the uh, veterans homes and those kind of things because I knew and I saw the damage that a lot of these kind of situations do to people what I didn't realize is what it did to me. Yeah. So when I got out, I realized all of a sudden I no longer have that camaraderie. 
We no longer have that military structure. I'm on my own. I'm just kind of out here flailing. I've never, I, I joined the military at 17 and a half years old. So I was a teenager all the way up until, you know, early thirties or whatever, when I said, you know, I, I want to raise a family and kind of get out and do my thing. So I realized all of a sudden, man, I, I don't have the tools and resources and the military hasn't given me the tools and resources. They pretty much said, okay, thanks for your service. See you later. Go find out, go find what you have to find. So now here I am out in the, in the real world going, wait a minute. I don't have the bubble. I don't have the camaraderie. I don't have the friendships. I don't have the timeliness that military folks have. I don't have the work ethic or the people around me don't have the work ethic that we had in the military. We came together and those kind of things. So it was a really a huge shock to my system. So I didn't realize that was the first time that I dove in and said, I need help. I need, I need some true help to be able to dive in and figure out why I feel the way that I feel where I'm depressed and I'm down, even though I didn't want to show it. I had the smile on the face and I was like, Hey, yeah, it's all good. But it, at the same time, I was feeling depressed and I was feeling down. I was feeling angry about the situations or if somebody would come in late to work and they would just be like, oh, I'm just late. And I'd be like sitting there going, yeah, yeah, we would have never, ever done that in the, you know, in my mind, ever yeah. done that in the military. We, we were, if you were 10 minutes early, you were running late, you know, those yeah. kind of things. And that stuff started to really bug me. So to get back to the original point here, when we transition from a military member, whether it's Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, whatever it is, and you go into your civilian life, we don't give them the tools that are necessary for them to be successful. So what happens is they can go one of two ways. They get to that T in the road. They go one of two ways. One, they can go get a job. They can try to figure things out. They, you know, they have a pretty thick skin and they can go do whatever, but they're tough again. They're not going to get any help. They can do whatever they have to do. The other way is the ones that I see when I drive down in Portland, Maine, and I see every other corner with a homeless veteran standing on the side of the street that is either hopped up on drugs or, or have had really, really tough life that they've had on. Right. Yeah. And I look at it and I go, man, these are the ones that we've let down. These are the ones, the mental health side of it, where they needed the help that they needed to be able to fix that part of it. And then also give them the tools to survive and get out in the real world. They were never given. So now they're standing around asking for dollars and I'm just like, man, so every year, you know, Daryl, I do a lot of volunteering. I, I do a lot of fundraising. I draw avatars. I raise money. I go down. I buy blankets and 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 clothes and, and shoes and pants and all kinds of stuff for a lot of these homeless veterans that don't have anything there. But I also give them cards to local therapy places or local places that, that uh, you know, that they can actually walk in, you know, judgment free for them to be able to walk in as a homeless individual to say, I need help, right? Those kind of things, they matter. Now, whether they go <laughs> and yeah. whether they do it, but this is the part that I know that I have to do because I'm heartfelt and I know that for me, it was a struggle for me. I can only imagine for those folks that are just struggling to wake up in the day and just find a reason to live. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, and I mean, has there, you mentioned, it's it's great, it's because you were trained in military for one type of life. And then you're basically just thrown into the complete 180 opposite yeah. any, without any kind of resources. Now, has that, is that getting better at all? I mean, has there been any type of, have there been any programs? Has there been any kind of structure, any kind of transition put in place? Well, I, so one of the things on all the social media followings, especially on TikTok, where I, um, you know, I'll pop into like veterans or newly out just coming out of the military or those kind of things. And I stop in and I'll ask those kind of types of questions. I have a lot of really good friends now that are in the veteran community on, on TikTok and on Instagram. And we chat, you know, you know, personally, and then also just on regular, if they're in a live or something like that, I'll pop in. And from what I hear from the ones that have gotten out, cause it's been a few years since I've gotten out. It's been, uh, let's see, I got out in 2002, 
I think it was so almost 20 years since I, or just, a, just over 20 years since I got out. So 20 years ago, it wasn't in a very good shape. Right. And from what I'm hearing from these guys, it still isn't. And here's one of the things that I found. Okay. So my, my father spent 30 years in the military. He was a military man and um, invested his whole life in the military. And he, uh, he had two concussions while he was in the military playing sports for the Navy team and doing something else. But he got two major concussions and was out of commission for like a week and a half, two weeks. What we found was, is that throughout the years, as it progressed, we found that those those head injuries that he had started to cause him to do different things, right? So it was like um, some ticks that he had, some nervousness, some some anxiousness, some some things that was going on that he never had before that he all of a sudden we were like, well, what's going on? So as he aged, we then realized at around 65 or so after he'd retired and he'd gotten out of the military um, that he had uh, Alzheimer's. So he fell ill, right? And he was in the brain started to just deteriorate on us. So what we did is we went to the VA and said, Hey, listen, we have two documented concussions, specific head injuries that were caused while he was in the military. Can we get any help with this? We're doing, you know, all this different thing that we're doing with in-house stuff and trying to outfit the home and those yeah. kind of things. And, 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 you know, especially as we, as we traveled through hospice and all these other things, they wouldn't do anything we're talking literally looked at it and said yeah sorry concussions are we're not tying the two together and i went wait a minute so my father spent 30 years in the military and you won't even bat an eyelash and take a look at it no you denied all the claims all the stuff that we tried to put through my, my uncle's a colonel he tried to put in letters of recommendation to be able to say something's got to happen so to your question that you asked is it getting any better i think there may be pockets of it that are getting better that they're probably catching the light of some of the media and some of the people that are like hey the va has to be helped over here but there's a lot of people that are forgotten, especially some of your older veterans and some of the folks that have gone through. And then those new ones that I stop in on those lives to ask them the question, they all say, man, I, I get nothing from the VA. VA hasn't done anything for me. Matter of fact, they shut the doors a lot of times. I try to come in there and try to get help. So there's still big problems with a lot of our military. And it's not just men, it's men and women, right? But I know we're specifically talking about men here, right? But it's in general, right? Mental health is mental health. We need to make sure that we are getting in front of it to have the conversations, the deep seated. And, 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 and the other thing, and I know I'm on a tangent, but the other part of it is if we could go to our politicians and actually get some of these people that actually can make some laws and make some changes and necessary movement to be able to work on the mental health side of our military members as they are in and when they're out, I think we could probably really make some strides in this whole entire world, you know, with all these military members that need the help that they need, we could make some, we can make a difference. It just depends on if they find money in it and those kind of things. So we just got to keep on being vigilant to be able to push it. And I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that is pretty vigilant. Well, and, and you have to be, and I mean, eventually it becomes such a, a public, there's such a public outcry that the change will happen. But like you're saying, I mean, this is a, this is a a, a ticking uh, like the the sands in this hourglass are going down. So like right. every time that they're dragging their feet on this, and the longer it takes, the the more individuals you have suffering on it. Now, I, I think because see, I I think a lot of the and this is kind of getting away from the military a little bit. Although you sure. were talking about yeah. how you're involved in some of the communities online, I feel like there's been a lot uh, the awareness for mental health. A lot of that is because of the smartphones and social media and the technology, Absolutely. but there's also, I, I kind of want to talk about the both just kind of how complex the relationship between mental health and social media specifically, but really the, 
the the smartphones that we have. You know, like oh, yeah. all the stuff that's happened over the last 15 years or so. And then for you specifically, because I know you do so much on TikTok, what are you seeing both positive and negative as far as mental health? Because there's a ton of mental health content uh, on there. Uh, what are you seeing on that platform particularly? Well, it's difficult because you have to, a lot of these apps that are out there are have algorithms behind them, right? The algorithms that study people's patterns, study people's history, study people's scrolling patterns, your likes, your follows, those kind of things. And 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 so you can kind of train your app to do the things that that, that you need it to do, right? Sometimes. Yeah. Now, what the problem with the social media is, is this, right? So I have a, I have a 17 year old son that that was on social media. That basically, what 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 I see across the board, not only with, especially with teenagers and and the youth of our generation, um, is that social media has goods and bads. If it's used for good, and you go out there and you do good things, and you and you try to be able to either give back to the community or or do the things that you have to do and promote that aspect of it, but the problem with it is that doesn't sell. Right. That doesn't sell. People like to watch it. They're like, okay, that's really cool. There's some, there's a, there's a demographic. What sells is those people that go on there that are keyboard warriors on social media and sit there and just throw out jabs and throw out anger and throw out vitriol and throw out all this different stuff. No matter what I, I, the other day I popped into a live, there was a girl that was on there and all she was doing was doing makeup in front of the thing. And she was talking and having a good time with the, with yeah. the thing. And next thing you know, I got all these hateful comments coming in for no reason whatsoever. They were just coming in saying, Oh, you're this. And Oh, you're that. And I'm just like, you know, Anybody that's on the verge of or that is fragile in any way whatsoever that reads a comment that comes through like that because this person's a brave warrior and they they won't say it to my face, but they will definitely type it on the screen or they will do those kind of things. You know, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. You're going to break some of those individuals down and those individuals that are already fragile now are dropped down to be in the fact of they're angry or they're upset or they're emotional or those kind of things. It could trigger those kind of things happen. So. I love to, I think what I try to be able to paint the picture of, if you notice, if you don't know on my content, I usually try to keep it lighthearted. I usually try to keep it fun. I usually try to keep it positive, giving back and being kind and those kind of things. And trust me, I get those haters as well. Yeah, I get the people that go, oh, that's not the way the world is though. You you paint this this rosy picture, this, this, this painted brush. And I, I look at them and I say, you have no idea what my story is. You have yeah. no idea what I've been through. What I do is I choose to go this route because I feel like it's going to make a better impact in the world. And that's all I try to do. I'm not I'm not saying that everything's rosy rainbows and unicorns. What I am saying is I'm a positive realist. I know that life sucks and it's shitty sometimes. And I and at the end of the day, it stops right there. But you know what I what I what I try to do is I try to bring a positive light towards anything I can as I move forward. It sometimes it takes longer, <laughs> but yeah. I always try to be able to focus that way. So I try to tell people with social media, you are what you choose for it to be, right? Like if you choose to go down the rabbit hole of negativity, bullying, and all this different stuff, then you're part of the problem now, right? You're part of the problem. So what I'm saying is, is that if you see that, either you say something or you scroll on and move away, right? You get Because your own mental place, the place that you're in, doesn't need that. At that moment in time, you don't need to see all that negativity. You don't need to see all that anger. But I think people, and I know I've talked about this a lot, it's easier for people to be angry and mean than it is to be kind and 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 to give back. Like I, I believe that, and it's 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 sad that it's that way, but well, that's society. It's the way. So it's really interesting because you're absolutely right. On social media, it's everything in individual life is contextual. Is contextual. But you have absolute on one side, absolute on the other. 
And if you're absolute positivity, positive vibes only and all that, yes, that plays, but people look at that and it's much like what you're saying. People are like, oh, well, that's not realistic and you, right. the world's not that way. So yeah, it's much easier. The, the the absolute on the other side is much easier to, for people to buy into. Right. And it's just like, so that's the content that you see in TikTok. And I think it's all, it's been fascinating for me over the last year or two to see how all the other platforms have really followed TikTok, not just on the type of content. Everything now is a 15 to 60 second video, yep. but what plays like your follower count doesn't matter as much. Each piece of content is getting thrown out. And if it catches on, it catches on in waves. But what you're seeing is more absolutes. Well, if you like one type of absolute point of view on something, you're going to see a lot more of that, which reinforces. And then the problem is, is people start seeing that, oh, this must be how the world is because every time they open up their phone, the reels they see are that message, the TikToks they see are that message. Right. And it's not, it's, it, it, it's a very, it's not real life, no. but it is real life because it's, right. it's not real life because it's not what the individual experience is, but it is real life because that's what you're seeing when you open your phone. So it's very much, it's like, then we're getting back to the stuff that we're talking about, which is you have to be able to communicate and express and actually have the self-awareness to know the difference on things. Right. Which if you're not really up to speed on how to do, you get sucked into this trap. Yep. Then we're getting into this other thing where you're mentioning the content creator that's just doing makeup where it's very easy to get lost in your identity because you, um, now avatars for you are a little bit different. You do them for right. fundraising. You do them to put smiles on people's faces. But online, I mean, people are, pay, they're, they're, they're playing some sort of character. You hope that character is an amped up extension of who they are as a person. Yep. But if somebody isn't really connected with who they are and they're just trying to do the things because they saw that this got some, this, this particular type of content made someone else viral. So right. maybe that's how they got into makeup. So they're doing makeup because they're trying to get caught up on the algorithm. They don't really know who they are as a person. Then you've got these knuckleheads coming in and commenting on the videos. Right. When we talk about mental health, you're right. It is the whole thing where social media is a tool, but getting back to, and this is kind of what you were saying, that tool is really rigged on the negative side of things. So you really have to pull yep. the other direction. And there's so much to not even just fighting the algorithm, but you really have to fight and draw a line in the sand as to who you are as a person and having the awareness for what kind of life you really want. It's There's so many layers to it. It, it really is. And, 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 and just like in life, just like in life, I always try to tell people you, if you're going to, if you're going to create a circle around you, you're going to create a circle of trust, like the meet the parents, you know, circle of trust. If you're in the circle, you're out, right? The thing about it is that that circle of trust is, is it, 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 it definitely is a, a real thing. And yeah. at the end of the day, if you're going to surround yourself with people, you got to be careful with who you're surrounding yourself. Cause some of those people that are even in my family are not even in my circle. They're outside the circle because they're not fitting. They're not, they're not really bringing anything to the table of my life. That's going to make it better or be able to think, move things forward. So in social media, what I do is a lot of times on my lives, right? So I'll go, I go live every Tuesday and I play tunes and we just hang out and that's all we do. 
And what it is, is I have like maybe around 10 moderators and the moderators that come into the room are there every single week. They show up like religiously. I'm going to come to your live and I'm going to do whatever. And so what I do is I'm entertaining and I'm yeah. sitting there, you know, DJing and I'm, at, you know, taking requests and I'm talking to people. I'm engaging and we're having a great time. My mods are there all the whole entire time watching all the comments and making sure that everything is good to go. And they know because we've all had conversations, we've had group chats and whatever else that I'm not going to have any negative talk. I'm not going to have any politic talk. I'm not going to have any religion talk. I'm not going to have any abortion talk. I'm not going to have any of that stuff because I know what that evokes in people a lot of times. And the next thing you know, everybody's like, rah, rah. And if somebody comes in just being stupid, you got to get rid of them, right? So what I do is not that I want to create a bubble because I'm good. I, I can discuss things with anybody. I can debate with anybody, right? But that's not the forum and that's not the platform that I need to do that on. At that moment in time, I... Again, just like in real life, I'm protecting myself. I'm protecting the fact that I've surrounded myself with people that will challenge me sometimes, right? They're like, hey, you shouldn't have done this or hey, what about that? I'm like, I love that. I need that in my life. Mm -hmm. But what they're not doing is they're not trying to break me down and not trying to belittle me or make me feel less than what I am. They're trying to build me up by saying, hey, let's keep moving things forward. Let's let, let's do this together. Let's let's join up, those kind of things. I need people like that. I need people that lift me up rather than bring me down. So the only advice that I give to a lot of people that really, really think about that social media aspect of it is like you just said a minute ago, you got to know what you're doing. Yeah. You got to know what you're doing when you're walking into it. Cause you get that one video that goes viral and gets a million or 2 million views. And now you got all these people that are going, Oh, and it could have been for something stupid. Maybe you pet your dog on the head or maybe you're dancing. Right. And you don't ever dance, but you dance on this one. And now next thing you know, you got a million people that are going, Oh, this is cool. Is this what you're going to do all the time? No, that's not my content. That's not what I do. Oh, really? And now you got all this stuff coming. And now you got all these people expecting that's what you do. Now your identity is now I'm a dancer. I'm a petter of a dog. And that's all I am. No, that's not what I want. I want to com communicate with people. I want to connect with people. I want a good relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it is. And that's, I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, social media in general, it's a numbers game and everybody will say they don't worry about the numbers, but everything, BS, that's numbers. BS. They know everything, they worry. Everything yes. has numbers tied to it. The amount of views you got on your video, the amount yep. of comments, the amount of shares, the amount of followers that you have, like everything, everything comes down to numbers. And you know, the, the whole vibe, they, they, I, I want to go viral. You really, it's it's not what you think it's going to be. Be careful what you wish for. If you have been sitting there on the internet and you have been cultivating, you said your little bubble. And I think that's actually a good way of putting it because this is your spot on the internet. People right. can come to your spot of the internet. They, after a while, because you put the, you know, it's funny. At first you, you get online, you have an idea and you start talking about it. Nobody cares at first because they're busy right. and- they, you know, like you're just another person. But if you continue to show up and you put that message out there, people start gravitating towards you. And it's those the right people because those people that are in there now are going, hey, go check this guy out. Yes. Go that's how the real true yes. community is built. Yes. And that's what people I see if you can. And again, this gets back to like knowing who you are. And this does all tie into mental health because so much of the world we live in now is with social media, is with your identity in day-to-day -day life and online. But that's where the like that's where that's where the true connection, community, the magic of all this is. And people are like, right. I want to go viral, I want to go viral. I understand why you want to go viral because as soon as you have that massive follower account on TikTok, well then brands are going to message yes. or, or start contacting you.
then you're going to start getting some opportunities work-wise. There's, there's, yep. it's a, I, I mean, you know, it's interesting because you have so many people that are online that are putting messages out. A super small percentage of those are ever able to make any kind of mon, like any, get any kind of right. monetary value off of it. And that's not, and we're not talking big bucks. We're just talking about something. Then you, you know, as that number goes up, the amount of people that actually do that is smaller and smaller and smaller. So I get the whole thing that people think, hey, all you have to do is go viral. Well, one, if you go viral once, then the next thing you're going to try, what are you going to try to do? The next piece of content, you're going to try to replicate that. Everybody you got to try to replicate it. And yep. then, but the thing is, is if you, if, if the views come, and then the followers come and you're like, my numbers are growing, but it's exactly what you're talking about. These are not your community. These aren't people Correct. that heard from you, the traditional word of mouth way, one by one, one by one. These are people that are like, hey, I saw you dance, dance again, dance right. again. So like, and, and, it, and then you're in this whole thing of like, well, do I stay true to myself and what's gotten me here? Or do I try to hop on the trends and do- Do I appease the masses and be not who I am? Right. Right. Yeah. And, and the other thing about it is I love that you're saying that because here's the thing at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when you're trying to build community now, I, I love a minute ago, what you just said about numbers, it's all about numbers. So here, and even if, even I love it, cause I hear it from everybody. Oh, I'm yep. not really, I'm not worried about that. I'm not yes, worried yeah. about that. Oh, yes, you are. are. <laughs> like, like, like at the end of the day. So even me, even me, I've caught myself saying it. Oh, listen, I really don't cause, cause I have buddies that had hopped on TikTok at the same time that I did. And they're similar kind of, you know, characters that they put out and stuff like that. One's a, one's a coffee roaster and he's a really positive guy, but he caught, he, he, you know, he brews coffee and he shows the process and he makes funny videos and all this stuff. And um, we got, we joined right at the same time mm -hmm. and he's up to almost 500,000 followers, right? Because some of the videos that he got really took off and he kept going down the road of that. For me, which I'm very happy about Daryl, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm very happy about this. The videos that have mostly gone viral with me have been the ones that I'm giving back to the community, the tipping ones, the ones that I pull into the, the, the Starbucks and I say, how many people are working? You got five of you working? Great, I'm giving $100 to each of you based on the fact that I made this money off my avatars. I want you guys to take this, have a great holiday. And then those are the ones that took off. And I'm like, oh, yeah. see, well, that's what I wanna be known for. I want people to, but the problem is, is that when they go into my lives, I match that, right? I match that, I'm still bringing that positive vibe and positive feel and stuff like that. But I think people are like, oh, this is kind of boring. This isn't like, it's not really, there's no, there's no edge to it. There's no controversy. There's no, you know, anger. We're not coming at each other about stuff like that because I'm, I, I try to be as drama free as I can. Yeah. So I'm glad that it went the way that it did, but I'm also at 90,000 followers compared to 500,000. Right. And to be honest with you, some of the thing I would love to do this for a living. I, I would love to do podcasting, love to do social media, love to do all this stuff like that. But I know it's not reasonable. I, I, I like it's not a realistic view in, in my mind. If I ever did, great. That's just yeah. awesome. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I can't live like that. But what what the point that I guess I'm trying to make is if you worry about the numbers too much, you're going to be fake in who you are. They're not going to know who you are. One of the biggest compliments that I've ever gotten, Jonathan Giordano and I talk about it, Mud Hustler and I, we talk about the fact that when they meet us in person, after they see us in on on online, and they make the comment of, you're exactly who you are there, yep. that's the biggest compliment I could ever re receive whatsoever. Yep. Because I don't ever want to be fake for anybody or or show anybody false cards or anything like that. You know what I mean? 
Well, so there's there's so much to unpack with this, and it's kind of it's peeling it's peeling the curtain back on on social media. Right. Now, the interesting thing, and you and because I remember, it, and you casually threw it in. You said, "Hey, we started around the same time." My buddy, like a couple of his coffee videos went viral, and he's at five hundred thousand followers, and you're at ninety thousand. Mm-hmm. Now, a couple of things. When you got into TikTok, because I I remember you and I were have been connected on Instagram for years, connected through yep. podcasts, and you I think were just getting into pod into TikTok, and I think you're you were I think you were telling me like you need you need to get over here and do this like but TikTok back then it was popular with the kids, but it wasn't popular with adults yet, and I remember man like you were just trying every possible. <laughs> thing you could tie and this this is the interesting so like tiktok it was tiktok but it wasn't what it is now and Mm -hmm. it's a lot of trial and error it's a lot of trying to figure things out there's a lot of nuanced things to it so when you talk about the ninety thousand followers even and i've noticed when videos go viral that that a lot of times doesn't even doesn't mean you're going to get followers no you're playing a lot of small ball and it gradually grew so i think that's the one thing to talk about is how much work it actually takes to build a following around your core beliefs and what you do one and and two no matter at at every and I, i i've kind of made the joke i'm like i'm sure there's kardashians that are like on vacation talking about Instagram followers and they're complaining about Dwayne Johnson because he's got more than they have. I mean, I, I think that's a game yeah. everybody plays until the end of time when it comes oh, to, yeah. it's always about the numbers. Well, it's, it's interesting that I, and I'll, and I'll add on to, you know, this part of it is, is the fact of what well, the part that I would get frustrated the most is my passion is right here. Yeah. It's podcasting, it's microphone, it's positivity it's bringing things to the table it's also talking about the shitty times that we go through and the bad times sometimes you know really kind of having that emotional conversation and tying that in and the podcast was really taken off and and things like that and and the thing about it is that every time that i would make my um i would make like a uh a, an audio clip or something like that of the podcast that i just recorded and i would bring that to tiktok what i would find is the videos that I would sit and I would do like a duet with somebody, they're 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 cooking something, and I'm like, oh, check out that chocolate, that's great, and I get like like you know ten thousand views, and I'm like, whoa, dude, this is great. I put that podcast one up, I get thirty views, right? Yeah, because the algorithm goes, well, this is boring and this is dumb. This is not this is not this is not you, and I'm like, no, but it is me. And this is not what people see. And what I think, what's crazy is, and it, it, one of the oldest rules with social media is is you've got to make content for why people are there. And if you're somebody that's, whether you're you're a content creator or a business owner, they're not there to go to your website or to do your thing. So you have to make content that's relevant with whatever they're looking for, which one is like, it's like, okay, it's it's a bit of, of a humble pill to swallow. Yeah. But two, you're absolutely like, it's the craziest things that take off on, on uh, TikTok, I did a video that was just me ranting about hat fishing. Did you know hat fishing was a thing? I heard about it. I used the hashtag and it got a ton of views. Yeah. Like the stuff that I talk about, I did I did one video on men's mental health. I, I, I fit everything that I could possibly do in a three minute clip. Yep. And I don't normally share my videos through DM, but I tagged, I tagged a bunch of guys. I tagged you in it. Yep. And that thing, even with all the work has only gotten like 400 views. It's pinned to my profile and everything. And I'm just like, you can't, you almost have to look at this stuff 
and kind of laugh about it. Now you, you mentioned this, what I like about podcasting, and I think we're going to get to a point where people are coming back to longer form content, whether that's reading blog posts or I hope so, because but, the 15 second, it, it, our brains get stupid from 15 exactly. seconds. Well, I think yep. people are like, where, where did my attention span go? So I think they end up going back. Plus, they're going back to the longer form content. Plus, this is where we can really start having these types of conversations. Right. You know, I think the the more uh, something that there's two things that podcasting has, you know this, but for people that are listening, the podcast has going for it is one, it is very laid back. It's very conversational. People are listening to us right now and it's just two guys talking and it's like, they're listening in. Like they're right. the, the third friend in on this call. And the other part of it is it's, it's the only medium really where you can be engaged into it while you're doing something else. You don't have to be scrolling through your phone. You don't have to be, exactly. you can be passively listening to us. So, yeah, I, I, and I think that uh, to be honest with you, social media, we're talking about mental health here. Um, that's probably the one part of the social media that I really, I really, really fear for our kids, right? Because my own kid, we can't even sit down and watch like a full two hour movie without him going, Oh, I need to go do this. And I need to go do that. And I need to go take care of this and go do that. Or even watch a whole baseball game or a football game or something like that. When I used to grow up, we used to watch that with my dad and we sit around and just watch this kind of stuff. But, and it's not none, none of their faults. It's literally the way that they're patterned and YouTube and, and, and uh, Snapchat and, and uh, you know, TikTok and all these apps that are small, little tiny clips of videos. That's all that they have the attention span for. Otherwise, you know, scroll, 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 take a look at it. Okay, great, great. And I'm like, wow, like that, that, that's crazy to me that we can't sit and read a book anymore or sit and watch a movie, you know, those kind of things. So I'm, I'm sad by that because I think that, I think that we, you know, as people that the uh, creativity and those kind of things, it matters. And if we watch a good movie for two hours or whatever, something like that, and you can't sit through it, you'd rather be going and doing other things and, and, and those kind of things, or that's all you have the attention span for. We're missing out on a lot in life. You know what I mean? Missing out on a lot in life. Well, and we're from, we're from a, a unique generation because we do remember what the, what everything was like before all of this. And I remember the first time, even when, when the, when the multi, I guess the doing the multi-screen thing where you've got the TV on, but you're on your phone. Like, I remember the first time I saw that, like it, it used to just be, I mean, even when these phones first came out, you know, you would still focus. Now everybody's got so many different things going on, but it does come back to what we originally were talking about with social media. It's, it can be a tool. And you mentioned, and I know you guys have done this, a, a, you know, a, you and John have done this before, but getting these meetups together, getting to where people are meeting you in person. And I smiled when you said the cause I've had, I've had people say that to me when we were doing meetups too, that you're the exact, you know, you, you were exactly as, you are online or you're exactly as I thought you would be. And that, that is, that, that is the biggest compliment. And sure I think is. at the end of the day, using these tools to actually connect with people to at some point where you're actually face to face with them and you can sit down and have a conversation. Right. It's, it's one of the best things, but you get, you got to be mindful of it and you got to focus on it. So, right. Yeah. You got to be aware and you also have to go into it with a mindset that you are prepared. Yeah. Right. You're prepared for the uh, the dark side of all of the stuff that could happen. Right. So, well, like we said, viral videos, like we said, trolls, like we said, all those things could happen. 
But at the end of the day, if it's if you're passionate about it, like I'm passionate about creating content and, and putting things forward. And like I said, I might get one video that gets 30 views, but I might get another video that gets 4,000. And I might go, okay, well, great. More people saw it and whatever else. I don't get a lot of, uh, like you said, uh, you know, on, on some of the videos that have the higher views, I don't get a lot of growth and followers. But what I do get is, is that let's say, for instance, somebody does pop on and they get it roll up into their feed and there's a live button over on the right-hand side. They see my face and they see a little blinking red and they're like, hey, let me go check this guy out. So that's when they start to see the real community. That's when they start to walk in and go, oh, wait a minute. This guy's got 50 people in his room and they're just sitting there jamming out and they're all being complimented. They're all loving on each other. They're all talking about how was your week? How's your day? This, any other, you know, they're lifting each other up. They're wishing each other happy birthdays. If somebody has a baby in the family, whatever else, everybody just comes together. And when they walk in, they're like, wait a second, what is this? And my mods always tell me, they message me all the time. They go, man, we're, you're building a pretty great community where people now every Tuesday, they put it in the, the the alarm in their phones and they come there because they know if they need a serotonin boost and they need a positivity boost or some sort of just to jam out the tune. Some people put it the headphones in and they walk around their house and they go clean and they go do dishes as I'm playing music or they're just listening to me. And that blows me away sometimes when I think about that because they do the same thing with the podcasts, but it's a great thing. Those are the, that's what I mean by the tools you can, if you used effectively, you can make a positive impact on the world. If you just use it properly and be prepared for the other side of that, of that equation, you know, you know, and as we, as we start to wrap up here um, and I'm going to ask you this, I've never asked you this, but I think I probably know the answer. <laughs> Remember back when you started the podcast, what were you hoping for? How many people were you hoping to change the life of? All right. So I'll make it as, I'll make it as quick as I can. Oh, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. You... No, no, take all the time. Take all the time. Yeah. So the, the 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 reason I got into the podcast wasn't for other people at first. It wasn't for anybody else. It was for me. Okay. And what I did was is I knew that I needed an outlet, not just with a therapist and not just with anything else. This was my therapist. This was my ability to sit down and go, here's how I'm feeling. Because it started off as just basically a weight loss and weight struggle podcast. That's all it was. I'm yeah. gaining weight. I feel like this or I'm losing weight. I feel pretty good. I'm not doing this. I'm doing that. And that's where a lot of people really kind of tagged in. And they were like, okay, let me let me listen to what this guy has to say. It's a guy's perspective. And a lot of women, a lot of females all of a sudden started coming out going, you know, I, I don't know how to talk to my husband or my grandfather or my brother or anybody like that about that kind of stuff. So I'm just glad to know that a guy feels that way. And that if I do talk to them, they may be shutting it down, but they do feel they, a lot of yeah. guys do feel the same way. Yeah. So for me, it started off as me and a microphone and that's all it was. And I remember yeah, I used to say it here. I am sitting there on a eight o'clock in the morning. I'm just going to like, blah, 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 blah. Here I go, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And so then it became more of throughout time as more people started to follow, more people started to listen, more people started to download. It became more of a, you can make such a positive impact because you have such a, a, a great way of thinking about things from a guy's perspective. And that's, that was where I leaned in. I said, I'm going to go from a guy's perspective, whether it's on real world events or whether it's on therapy or whether it's on life and love and sex and whatever else, that's what I wanted to do is to dive into that part of it from a guy's perspective. And all of a sudden I had all these people coming out going, you changed my life and you made a difference and all that stuff. And I went, Oh, this is bigger than what I think just me and a microphone. Now there are people that actually, just like on TikTok, I have that community are people that go, I come there and listen to you because you make me feel better. You make me feel like there's less of damage in the world. And I can spend that two hours on, 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 on that, on that app in your room from eight to 10 
and not have to worry about anything. I'm just listening to tunes. You might give some advice. I always have positive themes of doing something positive for people. I always try to bring that to the, to the table. So to answer your question, I started the podcast as a therapy thing for me, but it ended up being not only for me, but for a whole bunch of other people. And then I realized I'm onto something here and I can make a difference in the world with one podcast at a time, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think that's when, when you start getting messages from people that you have impacted their life, you get that first message. You're like, all of this was worth it. Yep. Then the reason I wanted to ask this, and when I asked you the question, I put one finger up because I, I thought you were, um, and, and you, and it was a little different because you said you started for yourself, yep. but I mean, you know, you change one person's life. You're like, this is incredible. And then all of this stuff, you build a community and it's amplified and it's just like, man, like you look back at where you are now, it sounds hokey and cheesy, but you get to this point where you're like, anything I do from this point on is a bonus because I, I have, I've actually helped people just by sharing my perspective on things. It's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's crazy when you think about it, right? Yeah. Like I'm thinking to myself, who am I? I'm a guy that likes to drink beer. I'm a guy that still struggles with weight every day. I'm a guy that just wants to be a good dad and a good husband. And it's, I, it's what I strive for every day. And yeah. people still come to me and go, you make an impact in my life by just a, a positive phrase, a word, something that I pick up. I mean, you've seen some of the videos where I just go, hey, listen, I just want to be the first one to tell you as I'm drinking my coffee this morning, you're beautiful. You're awesome. And then I roll out and I'm like, do you know that 96% of all the listeners of my podcast, of all the subscribers are women, are females? Really? It's I didn't realize it was that high. It's insane <laughs> to me because I realized and learned that a lot of ladies want to know how to talk to their man, to their, yeah. to their grandfather, to their son, all those things. And I went, wow, that's, that's where the disconnect is. You know why? Because we originally opened with the fact that men won't talk about anything. They won't talk about it. They shut down. And so do you have feelings? Do you, are you at all emotional because you don't show it? Are you, are you always angry because of whatever, you know, those kind of things. Now they have a different perspective where they go, oh, wait a minute. My husband probably does have a lot of feelings and he wants to cry his eyes out right now, but he doesn't do it because he's a tough guy. And now I got to be able to sit there and maybe walk through that and treat it differently rather than why don't you have feelings? Why don't you ever let that out? You know what I'm saying? So I love how that evolved that way. Yeah. I mean, and well, and it gets to this whole thing where like, you just, you don't know, you don't know what it's going to lead to. You don't know what these platforms are going to, are, are going to be. You don't know what's going to take off and you don't, right. you don't know who's listening. I mean, yes, through analytics, you know, percentages and demographics, but, but no. And, and it's like, we started with it's you're teaching either men on how to communicate or women, how to communicate with the men in their life. I, I think it's wonderful, man. So pretty cool. But uh, with that, we will wrap up this conversation. Uh, as I mentioned in the in the intro, you guys can get connected with Shane on social media. I've got his TikTok linked up in the show notes. But this was fun, man. I'm I'm glad we got to sit down and have this. It's conversation. all D Daryl. Listen, it's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure hopping in there. And I've always been a big supporter, and I've always been a big fan. You know what I mean? When you walk in there, especially when you start bringing some of the the personal struggles some of the stuff that you've had to overcome to be able to get to where you are or, or in fitness community and stuff like that. I love that because what that does is it shows you, it like literally goes, I can go that guy. He knows, he knows it takes a lot to be able to do the things that he's doing. So some of the stuff that I go through sometimes I'm like, listen, it's nothing. Right. 
So at the end of the day, I'm I'm proud of you, man. I'm glad you're doing what you're doing, man. This men's health thing that we're doing here, the the I, I saw the, the I even saw the logo that you made, the black and white logo that you made for it is super important. And if you ever want me back on, man, let's let's jam out, man. I'd you, love to. You know, you know, we'll do it. We always find a way to come back together. But no, man, I I appreciate it. This was a great chat, and you know, we'll do it again soon. Absolutely, man. All right, see you, man.